Hey guys, welcome to Coffee and Leadership with Pros. My name is Amanda Forster. I am the owner, founder, and head goalkeeping coach of the Richmond Goalkeeping Academy. Super excited about today's episode. This is episode two of Coffee and Leadership with Pros. Today we have one of my one of my favorite people, Tiffany Milbert. Tiffany Milbert was a field player, a two-time Olympian, three-time World Cups, and was the one of the original 99ers. And one of arguably the top five field players in the world for women's soccer. Oh my gosh. I met Tiffany when I was 14 years old and in a chance encounter, she sat down with me for about 30 minutes and answered every little question I had as a 14 year old and gave me some mentorship and guidance on where to go. But it didn't stop there. I took that meeting and I carried it on into what I developed later on as the Richmond Goalkeeping Academy and now our sister company, Virginia Soccer Academy. And the mentorship, the coaching, and beyond, well, a lot of that was based off what she gave me when I was 14. Listen as we talk about the story and as she gets to hear full circle what we've done, what I did with that conversation and how I gave back to others and how it's impacting our community. But more than that, she talks about being humble, being a person of character, what it was like to play on that team and to chase your goals when life just wasn't going your way and adversity. Well, just listen in. It's an amazing story. She tells how she grew up playing in soccer and got to where she is now. And parents, this is for you as well. She's going to talk about the importance of rest, the importance of when to step back and let your child pursue adversity and how to encourage them through the process. This is an action-packed hour, a very special one at that. And I can't get off here without saying thank you to the Local Cup, our official coffee and sponsor of choice. Hey guys, if you train with us, parents especially, drive two minutes up the road, amazing coffee shop, hang around while your kid's get in training with us, or bring one back to the field to go. Guys, enjoy. Just to, just to remember that everything that you, that life has given you, yeah, or put you through, uh, puts you up for the challenges that you're going to be facing. It's that one percent we're looking for, that Sam and I are looking for to get you out of your comfort zone. Coffee and Leadership with Pros, uh, Coach Amanda here with the Richmond Goalkeeping Academy, and today I'm with the legend, Tiffany Vilveret. <laughs> Hi, hello. And uh, we're going to talk about a couple different things and topics that I think you guys will enjoy, but I'll get into that in just a moment, but can you tell us a little bit about your background? Yeah, um, I am uh, getting older, uh, had uh, just played in the game for many years, grew up in Portland, Oregon. Um, went to University of Portland, um, plenty of years of pro, national team, uh, three World Cups, two Olympics, one in 99. Yeah. Um, obviously, I'm not Brandy, but uh, <laughs> dang it. Um, and uh, obviously gold medal in 96 at Atlanta, silver medal in Sydney, so, um, and then continue to play pro. Um, and then finally retired in 2011 from the game fully and started to transition to coaching and here I am now yeah that's a big transition but what a career yeah that's <laughs> that's that's humbling I mean just the fact uh I gotta ask you because every Olympian I've met has a tattoo do you have the rings I, did you get a tattoo? I have tattoos, but I definitely you didn't don't get have the rings. Ah, oh. this is so funny. Just the other day, like I promise you, I was like, how how silly is it, like, to get Olympic ring tattoos, you know? And it's just like, well, and but the other pe- people were like, well, no. If you've actually been in the Olympics, it's actually pretty legitimate, right? And yeah. I don't know. I just kind of found that it was. Uh, it was not in my desire to get the Olympic ring tattoos, even though I deserve to have them because I've been in there. So, um, 
You might you might have some goals. I mean, bucket list maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I, I, yeah I don't think that'll change. No, <laughs> I'm still working on my first. <laughs> so, so crazy story how we met. Last time I saw you um, was when I was 14, and God knows you probably can't remember that. I think it still blows your mind the story, but um, or at least that's what everyone else says. <laughs> but. Well, I think I told you this earlier. I, I can't yeah. even remember myself back then. So Yeah, I think you said you're 80 now, right? <laughs> I think that's yeah. impressive. Right. Whatever you're doing, I, I, that plant-based diet, I'm about to hop on it. But, um, so I met you. Uh, actually, I have the program here still. Uh, March 16th, and it was 2002. And um, I was 14. Uh, there was an after get-together after your exhibition in Virginia Beach. You were playing for New York Power. Was that your first year with New York in 2002? Um, no, we actually kicked off in 2001, right? Okay, so, so yeah. second second year. Yeah, now. it was second year. Okay, mm-hmm. and you guys were playing the North Carolina Courage. Okay. And um, I saw you guys play. I knew the owners of the Hampton Roads Piranhas that hosted you there, which was the semi-pro women's team. And the, uh, the owners um, were like, hey, we're having this get-together, Hometown Heroes. If you can get a ride, you know, go over. I jumped in a random vehicle, probably not safe at 14. <laughs> Went over and uh, saw a couple of my former coaches, and they encouraged me to talk to you. And you took a lot of time to really just answer all the questions I had, and you know, it'd give me advice on how I could make that track. And it's never, never left me. And in, in so many respects, I mean, it's a lot of the a lot of the kids ask me. They're like, you know, why are you so passionate? Why are you so passionate about mentorship and bringing pros in and so forth? And it was based off a lot of the girls from the Hampton Roads Piranhas and my past coaches in that conversation I had with you because it made such an impact on my life. And so thanks to John Bush and Macklin Robinson who made the connection to your PR agent. Thank you for having me in and giving me an opportunity to see you now at 32. I mean, obviously what so many people don't know is you and I, we've conversed so many times now uh, before yeah. this moment of this podcast. But um, so I just really appreciate um, having heard the story again and even you retelling it for other people. But I just, I, you know, again, uh, this is why it's, it's so amazing to be able to be in a position, um, not only just for myself, where I got to try to eke out a career, yeah. right? You, 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 and, and we, we helped forge the path and, but you're also setting the tone and you're always planting for the future as well, not just individually for yourself, but trying to help create, um, you know, and give, trying to help create and forge and give the opportunity, make it viable for the next generation. I remember this was always very important with my team of uh, ex-teammates, you know, because we, obviously had to fight for everything we got. We had to, you know, we had to step away sometimes and strike um, Federation as well. But, you know, it was, it was always that if we don't do this, um, it's not just about us that we're impacting. If we don't do this, we're impacting the next generation of people who deserve it better. Um, So it's, I don't know, it's, it's been, that's been a big part of, of why hearing stories like, from you, like this little 14 year old, it really, we, we were doing it for that reason. Um, you know, and then how you impact, you never know how you're going to impact anyone. You just be yourself. Um, you just play the game, you know, that you're, that you are fighting to play and, and, and really wanting the career that you're trying to, to live out that lives within your heart and and your soul. And yeah, it just, you know, you know, it impacts you. the individual but I just and then to hear how that the extension of that might impact others um, just it's it's really nice it's really nice so yeah you're welcome yeah. It, it's it it uh, I'll never forget that just that conversation I know it I can't imagine the millions of kids like we've talked about that you've probably met and autographed and taken pictures with but it's those moments that you really don't know. You know, our job, I, I learned a long time ago, I, I thought as a coach I was supposed to change everybody's life, everybody's life, and I was supposed to see every end of the result. And I realized, no, I'm just a part of their journey. I am there to just sow a good seed in them. And I may not see the harvest side of that, but um, if I do, man, 
that's humbling and that's blessed. But I think we all go through those times as players and as coaches as well. And it's like, am I really making a difference? Like all the stress, you know, and all the investment, all the traveling, am I making a difference? And then, you know, small things like this come across our path and it's like, you know what? I got to keep going. It's like a re- it rejuvenates, you know, would you agree? Well, I just think, um, I mean, yes, because yeah. obviously for you, it, it has that impact. I'm sure it has, uh, you know, for many others. And I think I'm just saying from my perspective of now dealing with young players as their coach, dealing with parents of those young players as their coach um, for the last 11 years now. And I think, um, I think there's so many times where you're helping them answer that question. Um, you know, whether it's, it's that former example of actually being on the field mm-hmm. as a player, like, which obviously I was for you then, or, or now it's like the old wise sage, you know, uh, kind of role that you give. And I just think, I think I, I find that there are so many, there are so many people answering that question all the time or, or being struck with difficulties and really asking what are they doing it for or how are they going to get through some of these moments. And um, so I just think it's very individual for you and, and it's very individual for that person and that person and wherever they need to find that inspiration, um, you know, you, you have to find that. And, and that was what will help keep you through as well as maybe sometimes a recheck and a reset. Yes. Um, where you're, you're investing because it's today. Yeah. We don't have control over tomorrow or the next day. And so I think for me, a big message for the young players and, and their parents is sometimes they, they too get caught up in, wait, I'm not here yet. I'm not this. They're not showing this. We haven't received this phone call from this college um, yet or nothing. And this person has already been committed for, for a year. And yeah. what are we doing wrong or what? It's like, wait, 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 you're doing nothing wrong. You're invested in today. Yeah. Um, and does your kids still want to be playing? Yeah. Do they love the game? Yeah. Um, and so sometimes it's, it's just really helping remind them uh, what the investment really is as well. So I think um, just pulling this back in right now, just having kind of uh, been in many different roles of being able to be an inspiration or be a guide or um, I find myself in that role yeah have I've found myself in those various roles through the years so it's been really cool and yeah and speaking you know just hearing you talk I think one of the biggest things that I learned from that that moment was of talking to you but then watching all you 99ers and for you guys that are maybe too young you guys won the uh, gold medal, uh, Women's World Cup against China, 1999. Mm-hmm. Um, the biggest thing I word that comes to mind is humility, or I would say a few, a few phrases, humility and giving back. Why is that so important to you and why do you, like, what do you, why is humility, let's start with humility and, and humbleness. Why is that so important? No matter how much talent you have or how, what level of game, why is that? so important to have a quality is a quality in character trait well i just think i mean to me what humility really means is that you're really grounded in in the process and the journey like i don't know like it's it's the the reality of what it really takes is what keeps you humble and so i think sometimes if you lose touch of what the reality is maybe you're given too much too soon maybe you don't really have to earn much at home um, you know, yeah. we talk, I don't want to continue to harp on what we know is that they have it better yeah. in t- every day than probably what I had growing up or, uh, more money, but like better homes, it just an easier path. But, but is that really, is that, or if we're taking them a little out of like the young ones now out of the the reality of really what it takes in life to do some of these things, forget even a sporting endeavor to do, is it really a better, are we really, are they really better off? Because then to me, like they're, they're, they're lost a little bit or they, they're really, they're a step away from the reality of things. So I just, 
to me, uh, we want to we want to be age appropriate always. We want to be, you know, the, the right moment at the right time of discipline or arm around or you know demands increased, yeah. demands decreased. But like, but we don't ever want to be the one that takes them away from uh, learning the reality of what it takes because then I think that takes you away uh, from not only just the term that you've used in general which is that humility piece it just to me I think humility is just about reality yeah that's a good perspective I've never heard it I've, I've always heard thinking less of yourself and more of others but you're still remembering yourself in the moment but I really like that piece because I think that's a lot of kids with, you know, you know, I touched on social media and stuff like that and just like how it's so easy to self-promote yourself. And then when you really meet the person, it's like, whoa, why is your social media like a lot more in depth than you? You know, <laughs> it's like, I mean, I'm not trying to be disrespectful, but I think it's more, it's so easy now to pretend and appear to be famous and appear to be like you have all your stuff together. But um, and when I see that and when I really meet the people on the other side, it's like what you said, it's like you've lost touch with what it takes in the process. And it's about valuing that and respecting that in many respects. So. Yeah, I think we're all like, aren't we always measuring the substance of somebody? Like uh, even even yeah. like as you, when you said you, for example, you, you watched me play or the 99ers play. And then you just talked about that story of like, your friend coming up to you after you met me and going, oh my gosh, how was she? Yeah. What, how to go? Like, that's the moment that you're now measuring and being able to explain the substance of yeah. what. And just think, I mean, I would have been horrified if you would have had turned her and said, oh my gosh, she was the worst. There was no brain in, <laughs> in her skull. Like, she was just such a jerk. Like, I don't know. Like, I just, that would yeah you know maybe oh we didn't really get to talk too much so obviously very busy that's the completely different yeah. but can you I, I don't know I just I'm I believe that I have a care and a standard of myself that um you know I I should have some su substance to me and yes. so I to be honest like when you told me that story just a little earlier like I was like more like because can you imagine the other way when I'm and we let's be frank we've met so many people where it's so disappointing and not in those moments that again okay obviously it's not the right time to have a conversation or they might be super busy or um, it just in when you just you finally realize that there's really no substance behind that person and that's disappointing it is yeah, because they've been made out to be this amazing, you know, person that's going to change the world. And really, it's just, I don't want to call them a puppeteer, but, or, I mean, controlled by puppeteers. But in a way, they are. And it's sad because, for me, like, my heart goes out to them because, um, I can't remember if I talked to you about it or somebody else, but the importance of depth. That, you know, de having depth, that's, that's so, that, that just makes you so much more of a unique person to be around. And it's... I guess, I guess here, here's the thing, because I think people struggle with that. A lot of people hide behind being surfaced because it's mainly masking their insecurities and what people don't want them to find out. What would be your recommendation on how to become more authentic and more real and, and developing that depth? Yeah, I, I, again, I think it goes back to um, being ground in reality as well. Um, I don't know. I just know um, what the way that I was raised was real because it was a single mom working paycheck to paycheck. There was nothing false about anything. It was completely, this is what it is. This is, and I, you know, I mean, I wanted to ask my mom many times to have a different narrative, a different story to, yeah. you know, her work week. And it was like, well, no tiff, like, you know, this is what it is. And this, so... First and foremost, I think just the experience and, and influence of, of, of it, it's not a conscious choice of how I was raised. I was just raised the way yeah. that life was raising us, you know. And You were the, dealt cards and you had yeah, to learn to play them. Yeah, so um, I think in, in most situations, obviously, for, for people who have a more cush 
to their life or a little bit more opportunity to have, um, you know, not being just necessarily a paycheck to paycheck, single uh, home, single parent home, um, maybe kind of part of that again, going back to there's got to be more real reality um, to uh, the foundation of how they're raised, you know. I'm not a parent, and I yeah. do not want to be one. Um, but all I can speak of is to what shaped and molded me. And again, as a young kid, there's plenty of time. I wanted to go into a little fantasy. Can't we just have a little bit more money? And can of course, um, no, you know, no, it's it's not. So it's 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 how how we have to to balance. Uh, the foundation, how we have to balance how the reality that kids are learning, um, coupled with obviously they are, life is is a little easier with with some of these moments, right? And yeah. so uh, maybe just finding more of that balance of, of really allowing these kids to experience a little bit more of the reality piece that is life. I can't agree with you more. <laughs> I grew up uh, biking 10 miles each way to practice and working four and five jobs. And I didn't find out until about six, seven years ago that my goalkeeping coach was secretly scholarshiping me my last two years of high school. Wow. I had no idea, but it's those moments that they keep, you know, I hated it. I hated the fact that I had to pay for a lot of my stuff. I had to pay to play. And I wanted, I, you know, I would imagine myself having, you know, a big house and living a big life, you know, can I go to that reality? What would, why, what would happen if, you know, I was just born into that or played that, you know? What would that be like, you know, if I had three pairs of cleats and I had options, you know, not one pair that had to last me a season and, you know, what if I had two pairs of gloves, a match glove and a practice glove? My my practice gloves were my match gloves, my match gloves were my practice gloves. And you know, but it it's a I think what I'm I'm hearing from you most of all is just wherever you are, you've gotta you've gotta play the cards you've been played. And if you've been given a lot, don't forget to forget where you came from and have gratitude. Maybe thank your parents. Yeah. I mean, but but that's a big responsibility for parents. But I think that's a huge part of their role. I mean, yeah. it is not just it. In Again, in my, I do a lot of research. So, again, I'm a good researching <laughs> parent. I'm a good backseat <laughs> parent. Parent to your 22, right? Right. Surrogate, at least. But I do a lot of research because obviously I deal with the young people in this day and age, like right now I have you 13s, um, last year I had you 17, you 16. So it just, of course, I, the last 11 years I've had every age group. Yeah. Um, so of course I have to have a, a sense of, of trying to have kind of a parental uh, frame of mind so I can put them, put myself in their shoes if I'm making certain decisions, if I'm, uh, but no, I don't, I don't have the experience of that, but everything all the research is pointing to that uh, parents have potentially been a little too protective and a little too yeah. kind when the kid actually needs to feel some hurt. They need to feel some dejection. Yeah. They need to feel some of these challenges, um, right? I mean, we've all heard the terms of the the helicopter. Yeah, I was just thinking of that helicopter parent. Right? Yeah, and even trying to live through their kids or control every aspect and. Or even the yeah. lawnmower kid, the Whoa. lawnmower parent. Hold on, what's the which lawnmower is parent? Even worse than the. Helicopter. I haven't heard this one. Can you describe the lawnmower? Really? No. The lawnmower <laughs> parent is the one that like foresees every obstacle and comes in and mows it down so that the kid, oh, the kid just walks right all along that smooth path, right? Yeah. Like, and then they have the mental breakdown when they're fifty and they don't have anybody else to clear the path. Yeah, that's a false reality. Going back so to why most can't yeah, be humble. I mean, and it's no shame <laughs> yeah. to parents. I, again, no. I, this is why I'm not wanting to be one because I'm sure it's the most difficult, responsible job you could ever have. Um, but yeah, like, I, I just people want to give the best. Yeah, if people, you know, I know um, I'm not a parent yet, but I I help parent my nephew a little bit, and um, you know, I told you my brother passed away, and so I, I, I'm kind of filling this role, tell him who his dad is, and. Um, it sucks being dealt these cards. I'm still trying to navigate how I'm going to do this in the future, but I want to give him everything. I want to give him the best, but I also want to teach him that, you know, resistance is only going to make you stronger. 
you know? So, I mean, I feel you on that. Like, I can only imagine. But I think it's, we have to think long-term and not in the short-term, mm. wouldn't you say? Like, if you didn't go through what you went through, I'm just curious. Because I've had to ask myself this question. If you didn't go through in the childhood and deal with the cards that you grew up, do you think you'd be the person you are today? Absolutely not. I mean, What about the player you are today? Absolutely not. Your career. I mean, because the... I, I don't know. I'm assuming the amount of fire you had in your belly yeah. <laughs> and not just for the game because of the fire that life's downs created for you. So again, that fire, I mean, it's just the, just the fire in the belly was just passion. Like, yeah. Massive. Do you feel like going through that adversity early on helped you with anything else maybe cuts or being benched or maybe not making the national team camp or whatever Just persevering i mean again you you have your private moments where you're down or you call and you cry you you know to your coach or the you cry <laughs> just kidding very little very little yeah it's sweat yeah. it's no. sweat i got you yeah right. sweat my tears. eyes are sweating i know yeah, my nose no, <laughs> no of course of course you have to you have to uh ventilate and but like that doesn't help you with the reality of what you're going through and so how are you going to get through it i mean you can you can step away you can you can definitely remove yourself from that situation or like when there's only one national team or there's very few pro teams or you know like do you want to change the course of your, of your career like nine to five or do you want to then so you stay in and you hang you you persevere and you push and you you deal um the one thing i did want to say though is that i see more i see so much love from these parents that you cannot fault yeah. how much love they have for their kids like i it's it's actually it's really impressive yes um, the the sheer amount of support and love um but you know even with that that can be to a fault too right i think that's where you get the lawnmower parents mm -hmm. and the helicopter parents is they love them so much they want them to have a better life than they ever did and it's just finding that healthy balance and a healthy medium you know it's like i always learned like when you when a lot of people make changes in their life and i know me too it's like you were way over here and then the pendulum swung whoa mm -hmm. and it's like you're kind of noticeably unrelatable or it could be unhealthy and it's like you want to be in that middle you want to mm -hmm. you want to kind of balance yourself out and i think that only comes with time and experience mm -hmm. you know and and and, and self-awareness mm -hmm. i think that's huge but it, it's, it's because even with yeah. you asking about with, with all my experiences why well, wouldn't wish some of those experiences even even on me again yeah. Right. Let alone anyone else. So that's not the point either. I mean, we don't want no. Have, don't we don't intentionally want to have right. We don't, don't intentionally go out and, right. and, and seek resistance. Yeah. No. Right. We don't want some yeah. of those either. But like, but for sure, like they every single one of those shaped uh, shaped it. You know. One but, of my favorite quotes that I've had posted for years and years that you saying that just reminds me of it, and it and it says in every adversity. In every adversity, there is a seed of equal or greater benefit if you look for it. And I think it's like, it's not that we go seek adversity or we seek these things to make us tougher or make us better. Don't do that. <laughs> but don't avoid it when it comes in your life. Totally. Embrace it. Go through it. Because going through it is what's molding and shaping your character. Totally. And I just, I do see in my experience through the years, too many parents are trying to soften yeah. Soften that and, and, and or take it away. Them. Yeah. yeah. Or take it Don't away. Do that. I just I really do. I mean, even in all those years of experience in meetings and seeing personalities and having uh, you know, having these young players, uh, they're this the types of things you discuss and then when you're in the meeting you see how the parent is managing the child and it's just you know so you get eye rolls from the the child sometimes you just the child like doesn't even want to hear it anymore the player sorry the player doesn't even so you just it's it's really interesting to have even be a fly on the wall not even offering anything yeah. just being a part of being a a piece of this kind of interaction 
And it's just like, whoa, what I'm taking out of it. You can see the nonverbal, you can hear the verbal, like you can see the response. But what the parent also doesn't really understand or what they really may not know is I have also a relationship with this player day in and day out at training, yep. through the season, weekend, at games. through, And so I see how they respond to me. And sometimes it's that way, of course, like oh, I yeah. will, and then it's just smack. No, I'm just I'm kidding. But, and then, you <laughs> know, you, no, deal, you deal with, but, you know, it's okay. And it's, it's expected, like, but for the most part, it's not, it's, it's very dissimilar. How they're reacting to their parents is very dissimilar how they're reacting to me so it's just it's really interesting no so here's the thing I can see a lot of parents watching this asking me is okay you've convicted me or I feel convicted mm-hmm. <laughs> not in a bad way but I, I I am that person trying to find the healthy medium I'm trying to find the balance what are your tips on how I can do that as a parent from a coach's perspective what can I do where I still love my kid I give them a, the best life that they can but how can I maybe be comfortable in watching them struggle and grow and change through this while getting their feedback in the car ride home or, or at home or seeing them be down. How, how can I be a support and a healthy support unit, I guess you could say, for them? So does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. I just think it's, it's complicated, but also at the same time, you've got to start somewhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think it's kind of, I always call it that cross all the while trying to educate yourself a little bit more about the journey and the sporting process and maybe your what is a healthy uh, parent role within mm-hmm. that. Um, you're also, at the same time, you're giving more and more uh, individuality to your player to be living their journey um, fully. Yeah, I, I, I do. I think the best way is just... You, again, you're that support. What does that really mean? And then your player is the player going through the journey. What does that really mean? So you have to educate yourself on if you really don't find it a natural way of being um, both of those. If you think, I, I just think it, you know, it all starts in a foundation of awareness mm-hmm. where you'll really have to be aware of uh, what you're bringing to the table. How are you affecting your child? Um, how are you affecting the player's journey? Um, yeah. And how much voice and input um, are you, and how much direction are you letting your player have um, within their own journey? So I, I start, yeah. My, I start giving my players so much of uh, their team of themselves of like just within a team setting they 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 get it but they know who's in charge yeah but you let them fig- start making mistakes and then figuring out how to recover it and think for themselves Is that's that just saying? x's and o's i mean yeah. i'm just saying as a personality as you know trying to help them be themselves um it's really the environment that you that i'm really trying to create initially first and foremost that empowers them to be themselves there yeah. i mean we even say it's just the words like i don't want them to be anything remotely what is me or or what i feel like i want yeah. them to be i i don't i don't have any idea of what i want them to be i, I know good. i want them to come to training i want them to feel safe i want them to be excited um, to be a player on the team, to be a player for the sports, you know, um, and then I want to get to know them. Yeah. My, my job is to get to know them, get to know them as, as, as much as I can as people within the team setting and as players. Um, You're helping the, them discover themselves yes. and find themselves on the field as well as off the field without influencing what you think and how they should live. I just think it's what means off to me, what means off the field is just that you're, you're learning their, their individualities of the person that they are, the human being that they are and, and, and being okay with that. I mean, or just embracing that, like, and really enjoying this person is really shy. You'll have her for 12 years and she'll never speak two words to you. But yet she's the first one to ask me, God, this is going to give me tears. Like she's the first one to ask me uh, 
to reach out to a college on on her behalf, right? Like so, um, I didn't realize that it was gonna give me some tears. My eyes are sweating down here in Florida. Oh my gosh, you should uh, see the steam coming from <laughs> off the turf. It's ninety nine degrees outside. You know, to like to just. The kid that's so chatty, and then you can joke and just, and you can say you're so chatty, let everyone else talk, you know, yeah. just, just having really organic interactions with the individuals that these players are is, is really incredible. And yeah. I, I just see that to me, um, they, they're, they're just yearning to, to be given more platform to be who they are and more platform to maybe not like think that what mom dad says is cool because I see it all the time as a coach they don't think what what coach says every single second is cool no right so <laughs> no. it's like and it's okay yeah that's okay but if they need to get to work it's time it will work but you know like I don't know I just try to have a little bit more of an organic uh open two-way street yeah yeah, I think it's so so important, and and I think we all have our processor kids. Yeah. <laughs> That's what some of my kids go, Coach. I'm just processing it. Give me 24 hours. <laughs> I get the text later. Wow, I needed that. <laughs> yeah, thank you. You know, but it's that's so good. I think every coach, every player, you know, parent, we we need to we need to understand that because that's just such good perspective. What you said there. And, and, and the more the parents can see our perspective as coaches and former players, and the more the players can understand our perspective as coaches, I think the easier they are to be more receptive to what we do and why we do it. You know? So even through the years, I've had so many parents say, well, you know they're going to listen to you more than they will to me. And it's like, <laughs> yeah. and I was like okay, well, that's, that's great. That, that puts a lot of pressure on the position that I have. Um, in their lives, but remember, my my goal is to actually listen to them too. I don't want them to always listen to me, and I don't want them to always need to listen to me. I know what they mean, but in fact, what I'm trying to do for the last piece of it is, you don't need anyone but yourself. We're we're here to be your support, even as a coach. I want to be in a position in a situation where. I'm hearing from them and they have every right to 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 do so. Yeah. And then I'm here to support. Well, you think that's okay? Okay, well, we think here or what do you think there? All right, you guys want to do this? Perfect. Then what do you thought? What do you think? What what do you guys see? You know, cuz I tell them all, it's not my team. This this is not my this is their team. Yeah. Right. So I think um, really trying to to help them really come to um, know that we need to we need to listen to them too that's so good mm-hmm. <laughs> like I think that's something um, I've had to learn even as a coach is they want to be heard as much as I want to be heard that's her it's, it's something even as coaches we have to self-check ourselves I think the biggest thing for me I don't know how this relates to you but I've had to learn this word like I, coming from the reality I did um, in the past, I the way I would escape my my home life was to live so far in the future in my goals that I began to take that. It was a good habit, a lot of visualization, <laughs> a lot of goal settling, goal setting. But it took away from learning how to enjoy the journey and enjoy the moment. And I think the most important thing is learning to be present. And I think um, I don't know. Did you ever? have that discovery along the way yourself well I just think for me to escape my home life uh was because I got to be on the sporting field I got to be on the soccer field I got to play basketball it was sports I mean my passion was sports but it's funny I didn't I didn't I have dreams like but they didn't even exist but I I had dreams I mean seeing like Olympics when on the TV it was just track and field in 1988 right like or the volleyball Flo Hyman you see Jackie Joyner um, Flojo, right? Like you see all these, I mean, but 
we didn't have women's soccer in there. I was like, that's where I want to be. I didn't want to be a track star. I knew that. I didn't want to play volleyball too short, right? Like, um, but I just knew that that's where I wanted to be in terms of competing. Sure. But I didn't know what, I mean, I was so young. How old Um, were you? Because you played 1996 was the first time they ever allowed women's soccer in the Olympics. Right. And you guys won gold. Right. That was your first Olympics, right? What was the first Olympics? The oh yeah, that is true. Well, but yes, for it, soccer. and it for was soccer. My, yeah, yeah, and, and, and yours. yours for yeah. women's soccer. And yeah. yes, it was my first Olympics as well. So yeah. two thousand was the second. How, like, just what was that like? You know, I don't know. Like, I mean, I'm telling you, I <laughs> don't know when you when you went to your first Olympics. Uh, twenty three. God, that's amazing. Yeah, but I don't know. Like, you, yeah, like. You know, Brandy Chastain and I, we, we've talked about this um, some years ago where, like, because we were in residency in Orlando. Okay. Preparing. And, like, you, you don't know what you don't know. And so, of course, yeah. we've only experienced the Olympics by watching it. I had never even been in the stands at an Olympic Games before. Maybe some of, maybe some other players. So we're just... I don't cloud know. nine, and, basically the whole time. Yeah, and so well, so just even that six months of prep just was so naive. It was just so not because we had no idea what we truly were preparing for, and so then yeah. you have the reality of experiencing that Olympics, and then you fast forward a few more years where we're back at residency in Orlando, uh, preparing for the World Cup, and now it is. It is mind-bogglingly different, that preparation, because now you know the reality of a competition of that magnitude. Now you know the reality of winning, and you don't want to. Now you know the reality of where, really what it means to be hosting, because obviously we're hoping that 99 World Cup we were host. No, we had no idea even in those moments that it was going to grow into what it grew into either. Just like the Olympics, we didn't know. But I'm just saying, take those sheer competitions. Uh, we had never, before 96, we had never been in any competition like that. Even, obviously, World Cup in Sweden in 95 was yeah. this little, you know, you're in little college stadiums, if you will, with college, like, <laughs> size. Stands. Yeah, or just parents. It's like 500 just, people. Right. I think it was like 2,000. or 2000. Like, So even that was, like, yeah. not, I mean, it was a... Because even China, I guess, in 91 was huge crowds, but that was probably government forced, right? <laughs> like, but, I can only imagine. Yeah, but I mean, and then, but that was even, and so again, it was just to go from 91 to 95, and then you go, and I wasn't in 91, but I was in 95, but you, to prepare, like, there was no step in there that prepared you to, like, the greatest competition on yeah. earth is the Olympic Games. Like, seriously. So, again, so naive, so naive and innocent. It was beautiful. Like, we we talked about it, like, a lot, where that was so beautiful because we were way more relaxed. (laughs) And then you fast forward, and it's like nothing about preparing for 99 was relaxed at all. I can't. So, how old were you in 99? Like, 26? Yeah, 26. Okay. Everything you know now. I love asking this question because people ask me this question too. And it always like gets me really thinking. Everything you know now, if you could go back in time to your 26-year-old self or your 23-year-old self getting raised up on the pitch for your first Olympic game or, you know, for the 99 FIFA World Cup, well, what advice would you tell yourself? Um, well, it's interesting. I think the advice that I would give is just, you know, like just to just to remember that everything that you that life has given you yeah or put you through uh put you up for the challenges that you're going to be facing so again this is bringing it back from the very beginning like where this is why uh even when you're younger, life isn't, it's challenging. And I'm, again, I, I know people go through extreme hardships we'll never, never fully understand or, or know. But it, it, it's for a reason because even life after, life when you get into the adult, you know, ages, like is even worse. It's even way more challenging. It's way more. So again, everything that you're going through 
into those moments, even though you didn't want to go through bad things, even though you didn't want those disappointments, those tears, those those horrible things or challenging living single parent, you know, latchkey kid, those, those, those pieces, like it is setting you up to now face, you know, even these greater challenges in a professional arena, um, that you, you couldn't ever imagine. So I would, the advice I would give myself is like, uh, you're ready for these moments and even those moments going through those moments and challenges will get, but the reason why you're here is because of everything that you've gone through yeah. and that you continue to fight through and you're gonna gonna need it more you know it's gonna you're yeah. it will challenge you even more in in new ways and but um thank goodness you've gone through what you have i don't know i don't think it's necessarily advice other than just looking back on reflecting and part of our conversation is this this is why it's so important that you can't shield from challenges because it's it is setting you up to be able to face something greater yeah um for the future it's so good that's i know like six people right now that i can text this podcast to and they're gonna go i needed that like that's that's huge um we touched on a lot of different things in your journey and that was more than what I, the one, this is why I started the podcast. Uh, you and I talked about it the other day, but I think this is for our pros out there or our recent retired pros or past pros, but how do you find yourself after the game when you've played your last game? Well, I, I mean, I think, yeah. I think now, um, obviously I retired I even didn't want to be uh, pushed out of the national team. So my last camp was in uh, January 2006. That was after a bit of a hiatus because I stepped away when April Heinrichs wasn't released after we lost in 2003. I didn't, Mm -hmm. we lost, you know, I just, you know, and then obviously after now we look back and there's a lot out yeah now sure. about that time and I was the only one who stepped away and but at the time too personally I just I lost Clive Charles my biggest mentor mm. he passed away and I just everybody deals with things differently and I just I I just needed time um I just yeah. needed change I, I'm not I'm I really am somebody who believes uh you know in order to make a a different <laughs> outcome you've got to do something different if it's not working for you and so very individually and I know people are like wow no one's ever done that before and they um but it's it was what I needed to do and I I I don't know I know there's been some grief given and I there's but I but I absolutely feel no guilt I I felt upset and sad that it was the only course of action that I could take was to remove myself um but Sorry. So after all those years and even just January, so then I was brought back a little bit with the Greg Ryan uh, stuff and then not selected in 2006. So then that was my last national team. And then, but, and then like finishing out pro was that second league that started. I was FC Gold Pride and yeah. um, It was a WPS, right? Yeah. 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 and I could have continued on playing, but no one wanted to pick up now. I think I was 37, even though I proved to myself, or and I, I felt like I proved to myself and I proved to others that I could be just as good at 37. But yeah. uh, it's just so, again, in these moments where life doesn't... So that probably took me, even though I was 37 and I have had all the accolades that you could ever dreamed of, I had all the accomplishments team-wise like championships gold like I just it still hurts you that you aren't selected and it still hurts you in some moments uh, or in some aspects that it's still not a hundred percent your choice to say you know I'm stepping away yeah um and so it does take some time I mean not even just that little bit of an ego crush if you will (laughs) yeah but you've also lived your life the way that you've lived your life it's all you know yeah uh so that kind of transition doesn't 
uh, doesn't come easy, doesn't happen overnight, and it's years in the making of that transition. So it treated me probably for the better part of four to five to six years to fully transition out of, think about it, 37, well, 37 years of, of, of me, but how at 37 years Probably old 30 years of playing right, at least <laughs> right that's but, that's almost like a lifetime that's a career right beyond a career i would say right and i've played pro in japan and sweden and canada and the u.s and national team from you know being my first camp in 91 to Crazy. obviously <laughs> my last camp in january 2006 i mean we're talking like that's almost 20 years just with the national team <laughs> Uh, not quite, but, but, you know, to, yeah. you know my math right? might be bad. Like, Wasn't my best subject. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> better soccer player. No, no, no. Don't pull that calculator. I'm going to have some kid text me. <laughs> Coach, it was like 16 years. <laughs> like, sorry. I don't know. But anyways. <laughs> right? Like, we're just saying, like, all those years of travel and team and teams and, like. Friends. Good God. Keep, like, the friendships. I can't even imagine. Yeah, you know, like, it's it's surprising. Like, it's surprising to me because I looked, I'm wired a little differently. Like, first and foremost was my career. It's like, you know, I wasn't Business there to first, make guys. friends. Exactly, exactly. So that's, that's just my little, my little caveat right there. It's like, it really, I, 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 yeah. I, it's really important to me as a female athlete to be respected for choosing that as a career path first, not because of social. So that yeah, makes sense. Why. I mean, that's that should be every pro athlete's reason why we yeah on we're the female side where it's like oh you get to make so many friends and you get to, it's just like no I I really take yeah I mean I, so again it's really important for me to just disclose that where I think just as you would expect a male to choose their their career path because yeah. it's their their career is first sure i mean it was for me too right and yeah. not because of the friends i'll make or um yeah uh, i feel you the social <laughs> aspect of it it's a, um, it's a business it, i mean no different than what i'm doing with my academy no different than what you're doing here at tampa bay we're here to do business first yeah the blessing in, in disguise is we do make make some really good friendships mm-hmm. along the way yeah that it's it's awesome to be able to go back and run things across people or just socialize with them. Yeah. But the real reason that brought us together is the game. Yeah. And yeah. itself. And, and we yeah. gotta keep and, that first. Yeah. And so choosing obviously all those years as your first choice is this is your career. Yeah. And then to think about it, transition out of and start transitioning into a new career. It's quite weird. You know, and it's <laughs> yeah. it's I can only imagine quite weird. It's quite strange. It's quite lonely. Um mm. it's but it, you know, it's just, it does take time. It, I think it's, and it's, it's, it's different for everyone, but for me in particular, it's just that transition of four to six years of it. And then obviously coming out of that six years, you're like, you're starting to really be okay. And you're now starting to really take hold into that new career. And, um, you what know. did you do after you retired? Did you uh, so I transitioned, so, so 2009 <laughs> and 10, I started coaching U8s, U9s at one gotcha. of the local clubs okay. there in so the So you area. were already starting to go I that was. path. Okay. Well, right. I mean, I was 35, 36. I mean, yeah. and writing was on the wall, yeah. right? For sure. Um, but Unless you're like, John Bush that plays those 42. <laughs> yeah, right? Right? I'm going to mail you some glucosamine, John. <laughs> <laughs> and so, yeah, so that just... I, that to me was, and I, I wanted to start coaching, and so that was that natural progression of, of really starting to, uh, that that transition phase of starting to coach all the while those last couple of years of playing pro. Yeah. Excuse me. Before I finally retired, um, and so then when I did, then I started just immersing myself coaching full time. That's really cool. So you touched on one word, and I've heard this from friends that are now retired pros loneliness what is your best advice for those pros that are struggling with that uh that it's normal it's okay and just continue to uh embrace the good days and the bad days and embrace 
the new journey, but all the while knowing that you're probably going to be in a period of, of uh, muck and confusion, um, but also excitement. I mean, there's great days. So you're like, thank goodness. I could never imagine doing what I did ten, five years ago, 10 yeah. years. You're, you're, there's Embrace those moments too, where you're really grateful that you can actually leave it behind sure. um, and not have to, to do some of the things that were absolutely excruciatingly brutal, like working your body all the time, not mental like the mental prep the the mental like the, yeah it's just acuity and stimulation and just everything that just goes into some of that you believe it or not like there are moments throughout every single day even in that transition and muck that you're going well did I do I want to go and you're like no so that's a that's a freeing moment too where you keep tapping into uh why it is the right time to be transitioning um, into your new career as well um, yeah. because you're ready. Yeah. I mean, even though it's, it's confusing, it's just, it's just weird. It's just weird transitional phase, but, and it has everything in there, but feel it all. I just think you, you have to feel it all, get help and support if you need, but. That's one thing too that I've heard too is like, just why am I feeling this way? Why am I feeling lonely? but also the mental thoughts of not being enough. I think it, and I think I can relate to that because even me, when I stop playing, it's like, okay, what do I do now? Like I started coaching like six months later and I, like, I was just like, I, this is all I know. My day has been structured around practices. I've met all my thr- friends of friends of friends, you know, <laughs> through teams I've played on. And, uh, but the, the thoughts of not being enough in the world uh, maybe this is too personal and tell me if it is. And I mean, did you ever struggle with that or like, do you know people that did and what would you, your advice with people that maybe coming off the field, ending their game are struggling now with that part of their self image and mental. Game? No, it's not too personal at all. I mean, you're low, you are really low with some things just like in that muck phase, because again, it's, it's, it's enough to know you are transitioning on, but you still are, but you're still too too close to it to think that you can still, yeah, you know. And so of course, of course, you're really low. And then it depends on just everybody takes it a little differently. So I think, I mean, I was just really low, um, be just because you're you you you've known something for so long, and now what the heck? I mean. Because uh, let's just be honest. I mean, I've been coaching now for 11 solid years. I mean, we're talking yeah. two, three teams a season. So it's probably comparable to 15, 16, maybe 20 years of coaching where coaching does not replace playing. It no, absolutely it does, not. does not. No. Like, there's no amount of – you can still get excited on game day, could, yeah. but you're not playing. I mean, you are not a player. So it does not – but it's just another so you you also have to ventilate and really come to terms with how are you going to release the physical side of what you're not getting anymore and that's a weird transition too yeah 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 i know that feeling all too well yeah (laughs) stay away from desk jobs but (laughs) stay mobile as much as you can yeah it's it's definitely um I think for me personally, like the biggest thing is I love working out as a team in a gym and having that personal trainer there to like walk me through it. And then all of a sudden when I'm faced to train myself, it's like, why is this so hard? <laughs> well, it's, but it's Cause I didn't even see it as a workout when you're competing through the sport. And so yeah. it took me too long and it's still, um, to really enjoy a workout because remember working out's not fun, no. but playing a sport and competing through now that's yeah. fun and so how you meld those and really maybe some people won't I don't think I've fully uh melded those like a workout is equal to competing in a game or train no it's not yeah. so like but I played because I love to compete and I love to play the sport a workout is much different so I still haven't really found uh kind of that yeah. Uh, connection but obviously a workout means muscle feeling strong releasing some energy getting tired again yes um you know good things really good things so that's that's how i've had to 
try to be motivated through a normal workout now versus just competing and playing. Um, that took some time to learn too. Yeah. Yeah. That's really good. Well, let's wrap it up. Um, real quick. Um, I think we covered all of our topics here uh, and some. This is this has been really really good. I've enjoyed it. Thank you so much. Thank you. You're welcome. Um, what's one thing that you can leave the kids that are watching this? Parents, what, what's one one thing that uh, a piece of advice that comes to mind that you would uh, leave them? Yeah, I, I again, I just think it's you're you're always making a choice for today. I I just mm-hmm. do. I think. Um, People, I don't know, so many people like, well, it's when, when we talk about like, well, you made it and you, yeah, but I was you and in this position. So I I went where I hadn't made it. Yeah. So what do you think I'm doing? I mean, I, I, I'm still working. I'm still, (laughs) yeah, I'm I'm still uh, playing to my fullest. I still am trying to be the best that I can be. Like we never know. We, we never know what's going to be next week, let alone like, you know, so I, I really just, you, you can't, you can't ever think about, uh, the, the end destination of that you made it because you just, you really have no idea if you will, you really have no idea what's coming. Um, I just think that what we can do is make sure that we really are, uh, doing it for today. Yeah. With obviously how much motivation you have. Is it really what you have a passion for? Mm-hmm. I think that's the next step. Then you can, I think it's, it's really assessing because there, there was no question for me that I want to do every single day to be the best I could be to play, to run, to, you know, like to move, to compete. Absolutely. Every single day. And I think if, if we need to be more aware of, of assessing why we really are, are choosing our every day, okay, um, we, then we should. Then we yeah. should because I know for me, I didn't do it because I knew I was going to make it. There's no way. I have no idea. So I just, yeah. I don't know. I really get offended sometimes. Well, you made it. Well, <laughs> yeah, I made it cause, because of every day. Yeah. And, and then fortune. Uh, luck there's a bit of luck in there too but like working my tail but it's because it's what I wanted to try to do every single day and I no regrets about uh giving my best and and I just great I kept growing I kept improving I kept reaching new levels um we don't know we don't we're not guaranteed that so um, can I ask you something yeah it's a question I get I remember having this question with myself when when is it time to retire at whatever level when do you know besides whether somebody's picking you up or not when do you know what's what's that piece of advice that you give somebody that's questioning is it time to stop playing or is it or should i keep going well i don't think it i don't think it's ever time to stop playing you have all, you have every you have every every opportunity available to you to play at any level it's no different than youth when we have youth uh programs you have every level you can play at now the difference is if can you handle potentially not playing at a level that you feel you should be at if true yeah (laughs) or if you're not continuing to be picked there yeah like i don't know like can you can you handle that? Like, yeah. let's say you want to be at a certain level, but you're not being picked for it. Do you want to play at a level down or to or wherever you get picked or chosen Good. for? And this is even in adulthood or even in college or you can Youth you know too. yeah yeah totally. Um, or you cannot. You could choose to not play it. I don't know. I think there comes we have our of course, and that's what I've always said is the that's the greatest heartbreak for me as a coach mm-hmm. when you see a kid that completely does everything right totally wants it good teammate like like works so hard to reach their potential like really does nothing wrong and they're not going to make it mm. it's the biggest heartbreak i mean that's but that's reality but that 
kid yeah. will still be able to find places to play. They'll still be able to enjoy the game if they want. No, they're just not going to reach their dreams. But they've yeah. reached their potential. Like, so I don't know. How do you reconcile? That? Yeah, I think for me, you know, one of the biggest things I combated, maybe it was the prayer I said when I was 12, can I be five, four, and three quarters like me a ham? And I am, you know. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> but being a goalkeeper, not your ideal height that you'd want your keeper to be. So I had to, I had to do everything you just said. And... You know, it's something that even resonated with me. Like, am I done yet? And and it was a big decision I had. But I knew I was. And I retired at the right time. And everything happens for a reason. But kind of bringing it, you know, just touching on a lot of the things that we talked about here. Um, about adversity. A lot of people ask me kind of the same. Like, do you, well, you made it. I get, do you regret it? Do you regret leaving early? And walking out on a college scholarship, you know, to choose character, you know, I didn't have the best coach at the time and I made a character decision and I was ostracized for it. And it's like, when I look back, I did regret it for a moment. But now when I look back hindsight 2020, where I am now in life, no, because every single thing I did, I was the hardest working kid on the field. I was the one that you'd be sitting in the car watching me and after you wrap up, I go out by myself and be practicing again, you know, and it's like, yeah, I reached my potential, but everything in that moment taught me what I needed to be as a coach mm. and an influence in other places, you know, and it's like, if I didn't go through those adversities, just like if you didn't go through your adversities, you did in your childhood, we wouldn't be who we are now and be able to impact. Well, impact. just think about it. I stepped away from national team after 2003. Mm -hmm. um, so I missed the Olympics. I mean, and again, think about it in 2004. Yeah. Um, well, assuming I would have made it, but like, um, I stepped away knowing that I was leaving the the first dream that I ever had as a as a young person is to go to the Olympics. And again, I remember I experienced two of them already, and I stepped like that was the hardest thing. Um, but again, that's on the one hand. But on the other hand, there's so many other things that are the most important. Uh, for the reasons why you choose to make a decision. And so yeah. do I regret that? No, not at all. I, again, I regret that it had to come to that point. Sure. Yeah, same. I can see that. That's a really good way of looking at it. I, I'd have to agree in my situation as well. I regret that it had yeah. to come to that point, but it did. And so yeah. as a, so many other people would choose something completely different or very, how many varying decisions there are within... But for me, at this moment where I was, what was important for me, um, what I needed to do for myself, there's no question. Yeah. Yeah. That's so good. Well, thank you so much yeah. for everything. And guys, thank you for tuning in and have a great week.